Well, yeah, it's always best to be cynical on a podcast. It makes it much more interesting. He's really far away in this shot. What you've got to do is find another excitable idiot. Bluey, it's Bluey. It's a kid's programme. Well good. Yeah, or a thumb, or like half a face. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another Single Track Magazine podcast. This week, I'm joined in the virtual studio by Benji. Say hello, Benji. Hello. I'm joined by Hannah. Hello. And we have a guest this week. We have a top photographer, Pete Scullion. Hi, Pete. Hello there. And I'm Mark. This week, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. But first of all, before we get going on that, I just want to remind you that we do have a brilliant subscriptions offer running at the moment. If you are not yet a full member of our magazine and website, then there is a special code you need to know. And that code is FREEBELL03. That's FREEBELL03. That code will get you a free bell. A bell of significance it's a, one of the best bells for a bike that we think is out there on the market it is the timber bell and if you don't know what on earth we're talking about then head over to our website check out the offer type in free bell 03 and you will get a free bell for your bike when you join us so get over there and do that now right moving on to this week's episode first of all we're going to start with ben tech editor benji hello what is it this week that has caught your eye Canyon have released a invention. It's integrated into their Strive range of enduro bikes, aren't they? I think, and it's called KIS, which is keep it stable. Fundamentally, it's something. It's a pair of springs and a bolt on cam that bolts onto your fork steerer, and it makes your handlebars straighten up. I think that's probably the simplest way of describing it. It's not a damper, so it doesn't slow it down. It doesn't add any friction or anything to do. It literally pulls it back to being straight. And I think it gets weaker, which is the 
thing that people don't understand about it. It gets weaker the more you turn. So it's not very, it's not like you're pulling on a pair of braces when you're doing a big 90 degree turn. That's actually quite weak at that point. It's quite weak over here when you're doing big turns. And then when you're coming more in a straight line, that's when it's stronger. So in a sense, it's a little bit like a steering damper in that it's kind of position sensitive. And the idea of it is, I don't know. <laughs> There's a, there's a thing here, isn't there? I think we, you fundamentally have a problem with a piece of tech when you're trying to explain it and you're miming at the same time. We're on video here, so we can all see yeah. each other listeners. <laughs> Ben's actually been sort of gesticulating to try and define what this thing does. We do actually have pictures of it, don't we, Ben? Yes, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that you can't put on your bike. It has to come on the bike. And I think it's you don't have to get a strive with it, is the other point I would make on Canyon's behalf, you just get a normal strive if you want, but you can get one that's got the KIS built into it and it's inside the top tube and there's like a little fader volume slider, Clem Fandango style, on the top tube that adjusts exactly how much you want it to have an effect or not. It's obviously come about for a reason and we've not had a go on one, certainly no one's had a go on one for very long other than uh, the people at Canyon. So we'll see how it goes. Have you been on to one? We're going to get one. We must get one. I think they want. I think they want everyone on them for quite a long time. I imagine, particularly after the launch, where they had quite a lot of just a lot of confusion, really, and a lot of just like anything new, isn't it? Really, I think I remember we had the same thing when um, Gravity Droppers came out. So there we are. What, you want you... somebody rubber gator or a spring? And you, uh, yeah. So you don't know. Who knows? I mean, it must be to do with keeping things calm and on track. I don't know whether it's to do with control or fatigue, and it's obviously something that's quite a niche thing. It's got Fabian Barrel's name all over it, literally and figuratively, and he's one of the best mountain bike rides of all time, so I'm not particularly going to argue with him. And he has had quite a big hand in all the bikes that we ride these days, whether we like to acknowledge it or not. From when he was on Kona, that is massive Kona stab, when he was on Forks that had a secret third air chamber that funnily enough now all forks are coming with and kind of inventing forward geometry and all that so i think if anyone is given the benefit of the doubt it'll be mr burrell so there we go but i think fundamentally it just looks odd mm. and the packaging of it is not helping the idea at all do you think canyon have thought about the poor mechanics we're going to have to learn something completely new when they want to disassemble a bike and do a simple job like taking a fork off I don't yeah. think they have, because they already do so much integrated stuff that makes the mechanics swear. They don't, I don't think they care. They're not really showing themselves as the mechanics' friend here, are they? I mean, you, Ben, you I just... I don't know. The mechanics will get paid more as a result, won't they? Everyone complains <laughs> about internal routing or headsets. This is like, if people support your bike shop, these inventions are getting more money into bike shops, whether we like it or not, because I'm mm. not going to faff with my bike. It's paying in arse, isn't it? So there is a... <laughs> Well, I'm bored the poor old mechanic. I mean, mechanic's just a born to moan, but it's more money. And if you, they can have a big rack of bikes ready to queue up for the following week, it's like the good old days of the pandemic, isn't it? Right. Okay. Right. You just likened it to um, you just likened it to a dropper post to a gravity dropper. Do, do you really think this thing is going to be the new dropper post? And I'm going to bring Pete in here because he's literally just shaking his head. <laughs> Pete, what are your thoughts on this new invention from Canyon? It's not really it's a new a... invention, is it? No, but it sort of echoes what you were saying. of like, can you actually imagine riding a bike without a dropper? 
I, I had a test bike not that long ago that came with a static seat post and it was like it'd been launched back into the dark ages i didn't know what and that's all on me really i should be able to ride a bike with us with a fixed post but every time i got to the top of a climb or the bottom of a descent swinging for a lever that wasn't there i've heard apparently from a few people that have ridden that bike that it's quite good so just for the uninitiated out there why would you want self-straightening bars strava lines <laughs> yeah but, maybe if maybe if you go to ride the corner but it's actually maybe it spits you onto the strava line better than it um instead of taking around the actual ridden line i imagine knows. that if you're going down something a bit rocky that makes your arms jiggle about as you get towards the bottom and your arms are tired then maybe it would just take less effort to keep it i suppose it, it would it would put it would put bump forces uh, upside like whatever angle they're coming at would go not into deflecting your wheel and spinning your bars a bit it would go into the suspension where it's supposed to go in the tire so it does have handling reasons it's not done for a joke and i think it's quite a subtle thing that's the weird thing it's such an integral revamp of a whole frame but i, I think the effect is probably quite not a lot but doesn't mean it's not there and this will be for people who are on on the the second day of um, EWSness, won't they? I'm, I'm mm. assuming where they just want anything to get rid of the yeah, but that, that's, 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 that's kind of like the the new Bosch motor for racing only kind of thing. It's like super niche. Yeah. Whereas a dropper post like retrofits, like it doesn't require. It requires a whole other. I suppose, thing. I suppose the the comparison to droppers was um, just how they've got iterations of design make them look better and integrated better the first ones were not very good were they had to rebuild them on your kitchen table every sunday but you'd have them but nowadays we have a dropper post that's quite sleek and well done so this is generation one of this kis i imagine the people who designed it aren't very happy with it coming out at some point the people in charge say that's got to come out this year that's coming out mm. so i know you're not that happy with it 100 you can always twiddle with it are you implying that it's unfinished Everything's unfinished. If you ask a designer, isn't it? It's like if we ask, you know, it's like um, unless you have a deadline, people would always refine and, and mess about, wouldn't you? It is true. Right. Okay. I think we've got we've got mixed feelings. Is that a fair conclusion on this? We've got mixed feelings on it. I think it's very easy to be cynical, isn't it? Mm. So. Well, yeah, it's always best to be cynical <clears throat> on a podcast. It makes it much more interesting. <laughs> I, love I think, I think in terms of how, how it's gone down with the public, it's gone down very bad, but it was always going to. It was whoever, it's just whoever was tasked with marketing KIS. So poor guy or gal or team or whatever. It just was like... It probably this. needed more like the, like Specialized did with the status where they got loads of people to ride it before they launched it. And then mm. they would have had people going, oh yeah, this thing actually does a thing. or makes sense. On that note, we're going to move on. Okay. I sent out a newsletter on Saturday. We do our weekly newsletter. And the first of all, I'm going to give that a massive plug. So if you are listening and you don't yet subscribe to our newsletter, it's totally free and we send it once a week and it's full of extra editorial that you don't see anywhere else and a whole bunch of stuff and highlights and things that you might have missed. If you're not signed up to it, then head over to singletrackworld.com forward slash newsletter. And if you go there, you can sign up for our newsletter. It's, it's an amazing piece of editorial genius once a week oh, thanks, in your inbox. Because usually it's me that writes it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yes. 
but but not this week. You were on holiday last week, I so I, I I was I was tasked with writing the editorial. So I wrote an editorial. I just want to discuss it a little bit here because I was struggling to think of what the hell am I going to write about this week? You know, what sort of words of wisdom? And I just thought, you know what? The big thing that's actually taking over uh, a lot of the time in this house and probably everywhere else around the country at the moment is cutting back on spending because of the rates of inflation, especially energy costs. I know this doesn't sound like a a mountain bike topic, but it kind of swings around that way. So just bear with me. Like a lot of us, we were sat there looking at all of our outgoings and going, you know what, with everything going up, we're going to have to make some cutbacks. What we're going to cut back on is there's some easy things you can do. You know, it's like, all right, well, which which tins of beans do we buy? Let's buy the value beans instead of they're just the beans are beans, aren't they? They're just the same, whether you get the value ones from Tesco or or Heinz. I can't believe you weren't getting the value ones in the first place, to be honest. Okay, carry on. Well, well, Money well, saving tips ma- from Mark. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, one of the things we saw, and I think a lot of people might have this problem, is we suddenly we started to add up all of the things that we're subscribing to. And it comes to a scary amount each month. You know, all the streaming services, you know, Netflix. We've got Netflix and Disney Plus here. And, How old uh, are you? Disney. How many oh, you... small children have you got at home? <laughs> Where else are you going to watch Star Wars if you don't have Disney Plus? Pete, you've got Disney Plus. Tell me you've got Disney. Oh, DVDs sorry. from the charity shop. That's how you watch Star Wars. Oh, I, I saw hope... your post yesterday. I've, I've got all of those DVDs. And you know what? We don't even have a DVD player now, so we couldn't play them if we wanted to. But anyway, so I added up all these things and thought, God, we've got to cut back on this. And one of the biggest outgoings that we've got at the moment is myself and my wife, Vic. We go skateboarding twice a week, which is a whole topic in itself because I'm 51 years old and I've just started to learn to skateboard, which is a really dramatic change and exposure to injury. But we go twice a week to a place in Manchester that do adult skate lessons, and it's brilliant. And it costs a fair amount. Certainly it costs more, if we added up for a year, it costs more than streaming services and things. And it sort of screams out going, you know what, if we cut back on this, we could basically make up the entire shortfall caused by our increased energy bills. You know, hovering over going, should we, we should cut this back. And then Vic says, but you know what, it, it brings me a lot of joy. And that got me thinking about the situation that we're all in right now, which is that quite often the things that bring us joy sometimes top the list of things that we think we should be cutting back on. And when I think about how much joy we both get from that skateboarding lesson, not just learning to skate, but also the people we meet and the experience we have, we both came to the conclusion, you know what? Things that bring us joy are just as important as, as other things in our life, like even, you know, like just, you know, food and things. And I know that we're in a very privileged position that we've got the, you know, we, we, we can do that sort of thing. But it just made me think, you know what, when we're all cutting back and everything, it's really, really important for our own mental health to make sure that we don't cut back on the things that actually really make our lives better and certainly our mental health. So for us, it's skateboarding. I just wanted to ask each of you, you know, what is it that you would be the last thing on your list that you would cut the things that you'd really want to hang on to before you had to cut it because you just needed to eat hannah what brings you joy hannah that you pay for and you really want to keep paying for oh well this is difficult because i've i've got a fairly lean operation anyway as a consequence of having got divorced (laughs) don't do it kids (laughs) stay single um so uh yeah the thing though similar thing actually that, that does bring me joy 
but you have to pay for it, is throw myself in the foam pit at uh, the bike, uh, BMX park, especially in the winter. Mm. So, yeah, I kind of, I need to I need to get back to that. It clashes. They do a BMX night and it's a little bit cheaper, but that clashes with the night ride group that I usually go out with. So then I have to choose, like, do I pay more to go another night or do I go and ride in the dark and the cold and the wet, which is emotionally for free but involves beer at the end so mm. yeah post ride beer beer yeah beer is something we're all happy to pay for and would really rather not cut back on yeah. i should imagine hey there's a phone pit at the place where you go skateboarding and it, it terrifies me just watching people you know it looks to me you can tell me because i've never jumped into a phone pit and i'm not entirely convinced it's on my bucket list having seen the people struggling to get out it looks like the hardest part is getting out it is yeah it's like a full-on all over every core muscle that you don't have body workout yeah and because then you start to sweat all the like little bits of crumbly foam stick to you as well it's probably not very healthy right it's definitely not on my bucket list now thanks <laughs> it's for great that fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> ben what's uh what's what's the thing that brings you joy that you would really hesitate to cut back on disney plus <laughs> yes doesn't, i'm with you on that <laughs> doesn't bring me joy it brings me silence <laughs> a relative means I can go somewhere for a bit and I've got sucked back into Star Wars things and Andor and all the, the series that are just on there yeah Blue is on there for the kids the uh, kids program Australian thing cartoon um, no idea what you just said Bluey it's Bluey it's a kids nope. program well good it's like the new uh, Hey Dougie nope still nothing I got nothing um, other than that, I think we've ditched everything else. Just trying to think. We ditched childcare, we ditched Netflix. I have just reinstigated, so I got a deal for YouTube Premium because I'm fed up of uh, Google Home not doing what I want it to in the kitchen, which is just playing me a song that I asked for. So I, I did capitulate on that front for a month. Other than that, I got nothing. Yeah, you're not really. cut back on the beer. Don't do an awful lot, really. Now, Mr. Scullion here, though, he does not drink. Which might be why he has so much energy to get up all these mountains. But I do drink. I just don't drink alcohol. I'd be, <laughs> You're not I'd be a camel. Yeah. A desiccated <laughs> husk. Otherwise. So, Pete, what would you not? What would be the last on your list of cutbacks? Um, that's a good question. Um, I will, though, take this opportunity to apologise for failing to grasp the concept of a podcast when you asked me a question earlier. And chose to shake my head instead of actually, you know, saying the answer, which is how I believe understand now that podcasts work. Um, I mean, I think to sort of echo Hannah's um, running a lean operation, like I was skint as all hell for the best part of a decade. So I found some fairly ingenious ways to not spend an awful lot of money before things cost a load of money. So I don't think I actually have a subscription for anything. I imagine, I'd say probably the thing I wouldn't want to cut back is putting diesel in the car to go and shove my bike up a large mountain. Like I'm very lucky to have trails here and that because of my uh, work with Wide Open, I get sent a lot of nice bikes to ride and I can do that from the house. But every now and again, and I, that's usually um, an itch that has to be constantly suppressed is to just go and vanish into the highlands and spend far too much time shoving a 
a bike up a mountain that's of questionable value in its riding down potential. Where do you live, Pete? Just to give some context, there is. We don't need your full address and postcode because we don't Very want good. anybody turning up on your doorstep. But, you know, that's where are right. you? I am in Aberfoyle, which is 15 miles due north of Glasgow. Nice. You've got so some good trails up there. Yes, some hilariously steep and slippy trails in the woods. And then the highlands essentially start behind the house. So pretty, so. pretty well spoiled. Cool. All right. So there we go. Bear in mind when you're making those cuts and everything, if something brings you joy, hang on to it if you can. There's always something else that you should cut first. Look after your mental health. And that's a serious note. And, and on that note, I'm going to hand over to Hannah. Right I'm not now. sure how the segue works there, but OK. <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, I had a better segue, actually, because Pete was talking about going up into the mountains. So, Pete, you do take your bike to the mountains that aren't necessarily mountains that are good for riding up and down, because you're working your way through the Monroes, aren't you? Yeah, it became sort of a a thing that I realised that I'd done quite a few, and I should probably maybe see how many I'd done. And then just I started setting myself. You know, everybody sets themselves New Year's resolutions that's usually they get to the end of January and decide to ditch it. Well, I just decided to get to a certain number of Munros by the end of the year. And then it just became a thing where you're like, oh, I wonder where I'm at. And then you get to like, I'm on 85 of 282 at the minute. And I don't really want to do them all because I've done some terrible 12 hour walks with a bike. <laughs> um, I just want to go. I like the find a line on a map. And if it happens to go up a big mountain, then go and see if it actually goes on a bike usually nine out of ten is what i would call dog eggs and mm-hmm. the one is solid gold so yeah usually you do a lot of terrible bicycle riding or bicycle walking and then every now and again you find find the good stuff so okay what makes you look at a line on a map that you can see goes up a lot of little closely spaced red lines and over a mountain or look at a mountain and go yeah I'm gonna go to the top of that because I look at mountains and go they look really big from here and that looks like a long way and I'll just stay here and look at them from here how do you find the motivation I it's what me and a pal of mine describe as um the fidget like I am a hopeless fidgeter and Mark asking me to stay still for the recording of this podcast is not sitting well at all it's sort of like there's just this sort of inner drive that um, I was an excitable child 
and have grown into a hairy, excitable child that just sort of never has really gone away. And it's just sort of shoving a bike up a big hill is the one thing that gets me. It just sort of, it's the on-off switch. If you want to reset, you go and shove your bike up a big hill. Damn it. So it's innate and there's nothing I can do. There's no tips I can have to acquire such boundless energy. <sighs> okay. Well, so... th- no, no, that that's not true. And um, no, but with that attitude, yes, <laughs> you're, you're consigned to um, um, eons of never having the fidget. What you've got to do is find another excitable idiot. And um, I would say Miss Rosie Holdsworth was the one I found who, like, I didn't ride a big hill until 2012. And Rosie said we should go ride Helvellyn, and I didn't even know what it was at the time. And then we went and rode it, and I thought, oh, my good Lord, I need to do more of that. So you need to find somebody that sort of can uh, has enough of that fidget that you sort of acquire some of it passively. Mm. And then if you go and do the right one, then you get the you realize how good it is and it doesn't look so far away because you've actually done it. Okay. You don't sound convinced at no. all. It's <laughs> <laughs> still like doing it. It's like jumping though, isn't it? You don't start with a 50 foot double. Start with a little kicker, don't you? Yeah, I think a lot of people who do a lot of big hills like myself sort of will go and do what I think is the best hill is probably everybody's idea of the worst. Like, I love an eye-meltingly technical descent. And for most people, like, you're probably not going to enjoy that, I'd imagine, Hannah. No. So what you've got to do is... <laughs> be is misery fi- on the way up and the way down. <laughs> Absolutely, which is not the idea. So you've got to find somebody with enough sort of sense to maybe take you up the one that sort of feels way grander than it is but is actually pretty straightforward and then like there you go so you can do it and then that's you you get the passive fidget from that is it is it all about the bikes is it all about the mountains or is it all about the creatures that you see when you're out there what's the primary thing well i think it's definitely bikes is like i've done a lot of different sports like my parents were definitely the kind was like well you get them doing everything and eventually they'll find the thing that they want to do forever so i did white water kayaking and bouldering and all that football and everything in between but when i got on a bike it was the only thing that made sense like you do sort of was never that great at one sport but sort of could do reasonably well at all of them but biking was the one that was just like it gave me a feeling that i couldn't get anywhere else it sort of evolved over the over time. I think I've appreciated the landscape and the anim- and the wildlife more as a sort of because I started racing downhill. You don't really look at the wildlife or the <laughs> landscape, and if you do, you're probably going to hit a tree very hard. And I'd advise against it. So I think it's it's changed over the years. It was definitely all about going as fast as I could go down a hill, and then it sort of found that pedaling is pretty good as well. And then taking pictures of what you see when you're there. So and I'm again, going to give a shameless plug for your calendar yeah, at this point. Thank Pete, you very much. <laughs> so I I don't think I know of anyone that takes quite such amazing landscape pictures as you. Uh, you like stop it. The, <laughs> the pictures that you take in the mountains and the colours that you capture do make me think that maybe it's worthwhile going up into the mountains and seeing that. I'd Although so. I can just look at the pictures that you take and they'd inevitably be better than the ones that I might get when I was there in the thick fog. So, uh, yes, Pete has a calendar for sale for next year and then you can look at the mountains from the living room. How, how do we get hold of this calendar? 
contact me, please. Instagram handle, possibly. At Pete Scullion. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I did never went for one of these slightly strange um, Instagram handles. It's just my name. Sounds like it's spelled. How many um, covers for single track have you done, Pete? Uh, that is a good question. Um, Lost count. Well, I can turn to my left, but you've told me not to because I've I keep I keep all the magazines. My first was in issue one eleven, uh, which was the and then I've. Uh, Three, I think. I think it's three. Good. Three or four. I don't think there's anyone had more than that. Hannah would know more than I do. But uh, but yeah, certainly you're in our top ranking uh, cover photographers. And it's interesting because we don't we, we don't um, we don't actually commission covers. We don't go out there and say, hey, you know, Mr. Photographer, this is a cover we need. We always choose covers from what gets submitted to us. And uh, we work it on that way. So, Pete, when you're out taking shots, have you ever thought, because our covers have a certain, it's, there's a difference to uh, what I'd say is a traditional cover, isn't there? Yep, definitely. Because our, our covers are landscape, and the way that we use them means that the rider or the subject needs to be on the right-hand side of a, of a landscape shot. So when you're out, are you conscious of that, and do you deliberately take shots that you think might actually work like in, as a cover? Well, the nice thing is about that and sort of the rule of thirds is generally you're going to have a rider left or right. So it sort of works quite nicely in that the, having the subject of the photo in where well, it's either left or the right works quite nicely. I mean, certainly when I've shot, I mean, you can see I've, the people listening to this won't be able to see, but they, the prizes that you sent me when I won uh, last year are both behind me. I would say the one, the actual, the Sound of Arasaig one was definitely more of a, that worked because that's where that sort of knoll of rock happened to be. And it was, you weren't going to get You couldn't move the, the mountains just to arrange it perfectly for us. I could, I could not, but it's, it sort of worked rather nicely regardless. You wouldn't have got that shot out to muck, egg and rum without it. Whereas the other one, which was actually a, a selfie, was completely unplanned. In fact, they were both unplanned, but that one was sort of set the timer and pedal like all hell was breaking loose because where I needed to be in that shot was sort of far enough away from the camera that sort of that one was more of a trial and error kind of job. The one that was a selfie, that was, which issue was that, Hannah? Can you remember? Or Pete, can you tell us which one it is? Um, it's 135, <laughs> issue 135. So I think that's only one of two covers that we've, run which were selfies there's i think that's you and sam needham who've actually done selfies and uh, and it's it's a remarkable thing doing a selfie action shot how many shots did you take to get that shot that was one of two bursts of five is that setting the camera and getting off running off because i think needham's was a sneaky bar remote yeah it? sam it had was. engineered either a either a, an actual wi-fi trigger Whereas that one is a set the timer, but I've always had Nikon's. So I've been doing timer shots since 2014. So you sort of get fairly used to where the, the beeps and the clicks are coming. People listening well, to this should go to the website and look at the picture because Pete's really far away in this shot and like perfectly against the mist on the ridge of a hill and all that like i mean that morning was really quite spectacular because it was sort of i think it was you hannah had suggested that um i think i'd gone up that hill three times and been thwarted by snow 
and then you were like well why didn't you write a sort of the art of persistence and I thought mm. well if I was gonna go and shoot it again why don't I make it as good as it can get and I think we had one it rained 27 consecutive days that November and the one day it didn't rain that happened but I started like at 5 a.m in the dark under a completely st um, starry sky and saw the massive blue meteor that unfortunately didn't make it into a photo and by the time I'd got back to the car I think I'd been awake for nine hours and didn't know what to do with myself so I hadn't actually looked at any of the photos wow so it's sort of one of those amazing mornings that you don't really ever get to appreciate until after the fact I, 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 Hannah, we were talking before. We were going to ask Pete, weren't we, about how you know tips? How do you get a really good shot? How do you, I think he's just kind of outlined it, hasn't it? It's get up getting up at stupid, <laughs> stupid o'clock, hang around all day, get massive. God, the commitment to be able to do this is quite stunning. But if you had some simple tips for people to get decent, let's let's say these good riding landscape shots. You mentioned the rule of thirds, which of course I think has all photographers out there would probably understand, but I, I guess most of our listeners might not know what you were referring to there. Is there, is there something in that that you can shape into a tip? Yeah, essentially, I mean, I imagine most, if you're shooting with a, a phone or a camera, you'd be able to get the rule of thirds overlay onto the what you're shooting with, and it's essentially you're breaking the... Um, breaking the screen down into essentially nine squares and you want to get the subject on the corners of the central square or somewhere along those lines. Um, and don't ask me why, because I don't know. Yeah, it just seems to work. You put the subject on anywhere on, the, on that central square and it, it will look better than if it's anywhere else. It must be some, some way the human brain works that appreciates that sort of layout. But my, foot, my, my, my tip would be to go and read the article I wrote for Single Track called The Art of, uh, Art of the Photograph. How, where is this article? Where is this article? What I believe you, you can either access it on, the, on singletrackworld.com or um, go and purchase the actual magazine as a, a back issue. I think <laughs> if to go back to your previous question, Mark, if, if there was tips... The one tip I think the problem is, and I've um, fallen into this trap before, is because there is so much media, because phones are making it so good to just churn out sort of half decent, like phone cameras are ludicrously good now, especially if you're the kind of person who queues up for the new iPhone, then you are going to, um, you're going to get a good camera that can just take a decent photo with a press of a button, you don't have to think about it whatsoever. I think people just go and take photos because they feel like they have to. It's like if I don't take a photo of that really sort of flat, light, muddy ride in a plantation forest, like I'm going to get left behind. But it's arguably the worst place to take a photo because there's no light and there's no colour. The UK being the UK is it's going to you're going to have it's going to be overcast, which means the light's going to be terrible. So maybe just don't take a photo. Everything needs to look bigger than it actually is to make it feel as big as it is when you're riding it because you do like a four foot drop and your heart starts doing 220 and then you see the photo back and it's like your wheels haven't don't look like they've come off the ground so yeah it's sort of i think when people get frustrated with the 
the voters they're not getting is um, they also don't see the amount of times a, um, a photographer won't get what they're after. Like what you don't see is a lot of the photos where I've got up at half five in the morning and the forecast's changed and it's absolutely, absolutely slapping it down with rain and I've just gone back to bed, but I've still got up at half five. Or you get to the mountain and you can't see it because of the fog and you think, well, there's lots of uh, fairly precipitous cliffs around the summit. Maybe it's not the best uh, time to shove up a new mountain in the dark. So you've got to you've got to give yourself enough opportunities to actually get the good stuff. Can I take a total, I don't know, sidetrack here? Like, Go for it. Is that allowed? So my daughter I, and all her friends take terrible photographs, like deliberately terrible photographs. And those are the ones that they choose to print out and put on their walls and stuff. So literally the the teenage fashion is for pictures that are like the ones that you got on a film where you went oh shit that was a waste of getting developed wasn't it and you took them out i think it's is it the one that of... comes with the were you moving too fast sticker yeah or a thumb <laughs> or like half a face yeah it, i think it must be some kind of reaction too Having... For anybody under the age of 40, what Pete's just referred to there is a <laughs> phenomenon. Way back in the days of film, when we'd get our photos back from the chemist, and the chemists themselves decide that they're going to pass judgment on our photographic skills <laughs> by putting stickers on them that said you were moving too fast. Well, it's too dark, yeah. Good yeah. times. But yeah, so I think it must be a reaction to, to having the perfect shots, like the Instagram shot in your pocket at any moment. And I do wonder what, what that will do to... Oh, and the other thing is that they love old cameras, like my first digital camera that has four pixels or something. Like They like to take pictures of that and then get them printed out. So I wonder what it will do for the art of the photograph when this generation comes through. It's, That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, nothing well, to do with bikes at all. But like... <laughs> no. Photography, that's where it's at. Right, I think we will probably bring this to a close. Okay. It's so issue I... 142. That's where ah, you need to go back. Go. If you want to read Pete's article on the art of a photograph, you go to issue 142 of Single Track Radio. We'll make sure there's links in the story that we put on the website around this podcast and, uh, and go and check it out. It's well worth doing it. So I'm going to say thank you, Pete, for joining us today. The thank you for amazing Pete Scullion, one of our most prolific freelance photographers. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and uh, make sure that you go and check out some of his articles and some of his work. Uh, so from all of us, that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from us. Goodbye from goodbye me. Goodbye from him. Bye. Later. Just a note, I'm going to edit out. Ben, keep still. <laughs> Don't edit out. Sit still, still boy. Sit still, microphone or something. Give me some yeah. it works. I will, but your, your microphone's bashing around as you, as you gesticulate. That? That's yes, it. That's your microphone. That's... <laughs> get, you can get a hold of it and just hold it like that.
Well, then, then, then I won't say anything. I'll be sat here holding a fucking cable. So no one can see you. <laughs> I know, but I'll just be doing that. Right. I've got to set the talent free. <laughs> this isn't getting edited out at all. <laughs> set to talent free. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.